The primary reason why the individual citizens of a country create a political structure is a subconscious wish or desire to perpetuate their own dependency relationship of childhood. Simply put, they want a human God to eliminate all risk from their life, pat them on the head, kiss their bruises, put a chicken on every dinner table, clothe their bodies, tuck them into bed at night, and tell them that everything will be all right when they wake up in the morning. This public demand is incredible, so the human god, the politician, meets incredibility with incredibility by promising the world and delivering nothing. So who is the bigger liar, the public or the godfather? All revolutions have been led by young people. If you just think of the TV images of whether it's Tiananmen Square, or whether it's the uh, revolts in Central America or Europe, it's the young people, it's the college people who are more principled and not locked in and they're not embedded with the government. They are the ones who are concerned about the future because the future is theirs. My research has shown at this point that the future laid out for us may be just about impossible to change. I do not agree with the means by which the powerful few have chosen for us to reach the end. I do not agree that the end is where we should end at all. But unless we can wake the people from their sleep, nothing short of civil war will stop the planned outcome. If the National Collective Consciousness Show with Dee Dee Farrell in Portland, Oregon, Jim Condit Jr. in Cincinnati, Ohio, Steve Harris in Charlotte, North Carolina, now live from Evanston, Illinois, your host, Fred Smart. Hey, thanks, everyone. We are in an amazing uh, time of, of spiritual, political awakening. Uh, the energies that are uh, that are opening up all across the globe uh, about the truth, about uh, justice, about the the cause of the individual sovereign's right to seek. Uh, the light of truth, and to have that exercise uh, between and among individuals, uh, helping, serving, caring, what's right, what's, what's loving, uh, what's truthful, what's just, what's, what's just. It's all coming to a head, and uh, there's a tsunami out there. Uh, the foundation of this tsunami, however, involves individuals, uh, the hundredth monkey effect, it's been happening for many, many, many years. All of us are part of this process. Uh, and we are really uh, honored to have Catherine Bleich, uh, uh, one single individual who is like a shining star, a light across this dark world, the heartland of, of, of America. Many years ago, when Dr. Ron Paul started marching across the country, she exposed the fusion centers down there in Missouri, was, was just a... a uh, just a, really an inspiration, the spirit, the cause, her, her picture, all of what she was doing on Facebook and everywhere uh, at these marches. And now she's raising a family with her, with her husband, John Bush, and, and doing it the old-fashioned way, homeschooling, using Bitcoin, 
distributing good information via their bookstore down in Austin called Brave New Books and has a really engaging website about all these ways that we can survive and overcome this, this control grid matrix called the Homestead Guru. All the links are in our newsletter. But again, uh, look at just a month ago, Harvey Weinstein, a few days after this, this fake, phony Las Vegas, whatever happened in Las Vegas, we had this Weinstein effect. And all of these guys who have been using centralized control grid positions of power have been shielding themselves uh, from the justice system, from their colleagues, from the awareness of the people, the masses of the people. And, and now these people are completely being disintermediated. Uh, uh, Matt Lauer, $25 million a year, boom, gone. Uh, all of these guys, one after another, they are necessary. Their, their central control, at, uh, just, just evil people that have been basically taking advantage of these centralized control models that, that just does not work. So Catherine was talking about uh, this new grid that we're all part of, this connectedness, this connected social awareness that's sweeping the world about the cause of truth, the cause of justice, and we're all part of it, and we're ha- honored to have you on, Catherine. Years ago, I, I claimed a URL called Smart Bandwidth, and my, my friend Al Jordan is listening. We've been chatting about this for many years, but uh, the world has been living off of dumb bandwidth for too long. That is, the carrying capacity of our connections has somehow been twisted, inverted, uh, and, 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 and tapped uh, for instead of being free and connecting like what Catherine said at the the periphery without any centralized control models, the completely decentralized model of nature, of justice, of of spirituality really occurs at the periphery when we all meet, when we see each other, when we touch each other, and when we hug each other. Not not to go in that direction, but just the, the real raw natural of things uh, that that really make life worth living. Catherine is doing that with her family and with John down there, and we're really honored to have you on, Catherine, for an update. I am so grateful to be here, and I just have to say thank you. You said some very flattering things about me, and I feel humbled and grateful, and I want to say thank you. I really appreciate that. It's been a crazy 10 years, and the activism you were talking about just seems like so many lifetimes ago. I can't believe that that was me sometimes. <laughs> oh, I know. No, we were all in the same boat, Catherine. You were all doing our little thing. But uh, you you were like Lady Liberty in the middle of the heartland, uh, just staring down the powers that be and, 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 and causing that story to go viral, the fusion centers against the Ron Paul supporters. We were labeled as enemy combatants, <laughs> which is crazy. Yeah, I think I think that was that was definitely the hardest I've ever fought for or against anything. You know, it was it was it was all in every minute of every day, every penny that I could come up with. It was just all going toward that fight, and it feels so good to have made the impact that we made. I mean, we didn't stop fusion centers. But yeah. people know about them. They've been exposed. Yeah. And, you know, we, we did make an impact on the way things were functioning in the state of Missouri. And through those hearings, I believe that we really educated some of the uh, Missouri 
state representatives and senators, and they in turn became 10th Amendment activists and Tea Party, principal Tea Party activists. And um, that was really neat to just sort of see that ripple effect as it just kind of carried through into other movements entirely. And you've been back and forth to New Hampshire, you and John, and appeared at a lot of these conventions and, and these causes of action, and you've had your own farm down there. You're managing this bookstore, and you're raising a family all at the same time. So it's just we we applaud you for what you're doing because you are bringing the next generation, so to speak, uh, into this awakened awareness that, that's going to change the world. It's going to be from this awareness that the world will change, and that's why I think it's unstoppable. And we have a guy, uh, Catherine, you probably know, Ed Vallejo is on, on from Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, that warms my heart. I love you. Oh. Talk about a, a, a Roman candles down there in Arizona. We are honored to have Ed on just as a listener tonight. So, uh, but but he came on because of you, Catherine. Oh, that warms my heart. I mean, hey, talk I about movers and shakers. That that was such a special time for me, and um. I mean, right now is a special time too. You know, I'm I'm watching yeah. our movement mature, and you can see the impact that all of our efforts have had on society at large. It is happening right now. Yeah. I mean, it right is now. it is happening. Everybody's talking about natural health. Everybody's talking about Bitcoin. Everybody's talking about the school system and vaccines and just all of these things, and. I'm I'm blown away by it. I, I think it is so fantastic to see happening in real time. I always thought, you know, liberty in my lifetime, I don't know, liberty in my kid's lifetime, I hope. But I feel like we're on the cusp of radical social reorganization right now. Yeah, I, I think you're you're you definitely. I mean I, I I'm I, I'm the skin is, is, is raising up all over I I, I feel like a chill. <laughs> I'm excited as you talk, Chapman. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's really cool stuff. I mean, we were all, you know, when we all came together around the Ron Paul movement, we all stumbled into each other, and and this group, this call, got on, got got together because of that movie from Aaron Russo, and and uh, we just do this every week just to keep the. The drum beating, so to speak. You know, we don't make any money. We just we just show up and we have another guest and show up and have another guest, and it just it takes on a life of its own. But it's 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 a steady beat, it's a steady pattern of progress and awakened awareness. And um, and to have you on this fall, when all of these scumbags are getting blown away, thanks to this rise rise. Rising up of this of this retributive awareness, this rage that is just against these scumbag morons, these guys like Matt Lauer, is just you know, and it's about time. It really is. It's about time. That's all I can say. It is. It's a the, the time has come. The time is now, and people are waking up and. I really appreciate what you're saying about showing up every week and keeping the drums beating because by doing that as a community, and I, I believe that the core of our community really did form around the 2008 time period. Yes, there were activists that predated that. Yes, many have moved in since before, but there is this like 
architecture of, of, of activists that was built during the 2008 Ron Paul campaign, that we became very highly organized, very highly connected, and because so many of us have continued to beat our drums in whatever manner it is that we beat them, we have created not only an awareness, which is important, but we are now providing actual solutions and actual infrastructure to the things we were just yelling and hooting and hollering about last year. Not last year, a decade ago. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, those, those things are being built. And with the way that technology is so rapidly growing and changing, and I was just thinking about, you know, social media 10 years ago. It has evolved so much in our ability to get the word out and to push back on things, like when the DEA tried to, you know, ban Kratom last year, and everybody rose up and spoke up, and, and it, it was at least delayed. And, you know, there's, there's this um, soapbox that I feel like we have access to now that wasn't available during the 2008 campaign. We were all so dependent on Ron Paul and Ron Paul's message. But if you look yeah. around, there are people all over our movement that are on national media all the time. You know, the Roger Bears and Jeff Berwick's of the world are on national television preaching truth and, and spreading this wonderful message of decentralized inherent freedom. And, I mean, it is, it is happening. And there are just so many people standing there with our arms wide open waiting for everyone to come, we've created these solutions, you know, um, whether it's, it's homesteading or um, living in an RV and traveling, um, you know, you can dig deep roots or you can fly, you can be free. There's so many ways to be free and, and you don't have to work a nine to five and you don't have to do things the way that we were all taught. Those solutions are here and there is a generation of people who are living them and raising their children to know nothing other than genuine empowerment, genuine sovereignty. And, and that, to me, is the most beautiful thing, is watching the children of this movement grow up and seeing how strong and empowered and capable they are and how they don't look to authority figures you know, they, they don't look to police or, or to teachers. They look within, and they know their own authority, and they know their own sovereignty. And, you know, my kids, I'm, if I'm in the wrong, my kids let me know, and I honor that, and I thank them for that. Because if I wasn't being held accountable, you know, that, that would be a travesty, and, and I believe that that is something we should all be grateful for, and it's teaching them that they have the power to hold others accountable, even their mom, and it's, it's giving them the practice and the tools necessary to stand up to greater bullies. And I, I'm, you know, I'm a part of the unschool community here in Austin. It is huge. There is a huge movement of people that are saying we are not sticking our children through an assembly line in a classroom or at home. We are going to give them the freedom to learn and grow based on their unique personality and their unique capabilities. And these little people are phenomenal. I am blown away. And I feel so much hope when I'm around that community because I know that that's the generation coming after me. And I feel yep. safe. There's, we're, what, 2 million homeschool kids coming down the pike right now? 
It's, it's every year. It's, it's it's huge. It's huge. We have we have a thousand kids in 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 the greater Evanston North Shore area of Chicago that are all homeschooled, and they use public education resources, but they 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 pattern and 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 craft their own their own schedules for this uh, for PE, this for theater, this for math, and. And they utilize the library, the public libraries, the public resources, and they organize and they get together. And it's just amazing. And and they all test into colleges and, and do incredible jobs. Yes, it is really, really cool for me to watch homeschoolers go from little children to adults because every single one that I have witnessed so far, and this is, of course, not scientific evidence of any sort, but the, the homeschool children that I have watched turn into adults are doing phenomenal things. Many of them have started businesses in their teens. That's, that's great. That's great. Oh, thinking outside the box, being true, being true to your soul, true to your uh, cause, uh, finding that heartbeat inside you and following that. So, well, uh, you, again, Kevin, you've been an inspiration. Uh, we've been doing this for ten and a half years. Every Thursday, every uh, you know, between eight and ten. But uh, there are so many people prior to us coming together with Aaron Russo and Bob Schultz and all of that, who laid the groundwork many, many years prior to that. And think, without internet, without email, they met in person and they passed pieces of paper from copiers and and and, and old uh, VHS recorders and stuff like that that's how i originally found out a lot of us found out about this from those old vhs somebody pulled me aside showed me e, 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 edward griffin's book the creature showed me an old vhs about the fraud of the irs and that, that's all she wrote for me <laughs> but uh and then we all stumbled together with bob schultz and by the way everyone on the call as we approach the end of this year, a prayer for Bob Schultz. He's still in the fight. He's still under a tremendous, tremendous pressure. And there's got to be some break in, in that dam that has been trying to smother and, and, and destroy Bob Schultz. He deserves our prayers and, and, uh, and to be lifted up and to, and for his, uh, you know, whole thing to be exposed that we, we, Catherine, we had Bob, on earlier this year for five times to cover his whole life story. And then we found out that the, the authorities were listening into the call and some things were appearing in his court record to uh, mimic and mirror some of the developments that we were talking about in his life story. <laughs> they were affecting Yeah. So it was kind of crazy. So we had to cut, we had to stop that. You know, maybe we'll have him back on, but... Uh, Anyway, it's just kind of a long story with him, but uh, we, we need to keep him in our prayers as well. I know you served at the Continental Congress 2009 as did Ed here in St. Charles, Illinois. Thank you so much. But uh, anyway, tell us about the Homestead Guru, the website. You have a lot, of, a lot of things going on. I would like to offer a prayer request for a, another Continental Congress delegate, Schaefer Cox in Alaska. Um, oh he was my God, yes. 20, 26 years on conspiracy and solicitation and weapons charges, and um, you know one of his um, one of his sentences was overturned recently. I don't know if y'all are following his case very closely. Really? Um, so he, he, he's serving 
I, I correct me if I'm using the wrong word here, but I believe it is consecutive sentences where they're happening at the same time. Is that yeah. appropriate? So he is serving, he was serving 20 years for solicitation of murder and 26 years for conspiracy. And um, the 20 year charge sentence have been overturned. It, it, that, that was overturned in appeals. That does not shorten the amount of time he has in prison though, because the 26 year sentence was longer. But that is a really, really good thing. Um, he has been put in and out of solitary confinement for years. And um, most recently, he was put in solitary for giving someone a ballpoint pen in jail. Um, oh he is God. doing surprisingly well. He meditates, he does yoga, and he is fighting for his freedom with a determination and a vengeance that I have never seen. And um, I would just like... To encourage everybody this is a very ethical moral man who was set up by FBI informants who all were encouraging violence and he always said no and the judge felt that his reasons for saying no were not good enough basically and this man was sentenced to, to 26 years in jail taken away from his children and he is fighting and his he he loves getting mail and he wants to know what's happening in the outside world. And he likes art and pictures of happy people and children and families. So if you have the opportunity, please visit sure. freeshaper.com and hear about his story. There's some great YouTube videos on there and lots of documentation about what happened. And consider writing him a letter or sending him a donation to his commissary account. That's how he buys. He just told me, he wrote me recently, and told me that he's been wearing the same gray sweatshirt for like five years because he spends every penny he has on stamps and paper and envelopes to write for his freedom. And this gray sweatshirt was getting so thin that you could see through it in some parts. And he got a random donation to his commissary account and he bought himself a new sweatshirt. So, I mean, this, this man is fighting in a way that I've never seen before. And he's maintaining center and he is maintaining his, for him, he is a strong Christian, and he is maintaining his faith and his belief and his love and his compassion. And I am just so blown away by the way he is handling this. He's my age. He's one of my best friends. And I would just, wow. you know, so grateful if everybody could say a prayer for him today yeah, and nice, every day. Nice to hear the update Guys, on add, add Schaefer Cox to this prayer. Uh, no, seriously, uh, Bob Schaefer Cox, this is what, this is what the power of the collective consciousness is all about. And, uh, uh, I'm going to dedicate a rosary to Schaefer Cox, to Bob Schultz, for example. Uh, it, it just, it, it really, really matters. Uh, uh, Catherine, we did interview Schaefer a few times on this call. We've got the archival records. Steve can probably dredge them up. I can, I can send oh. you, I can send you those uh, from years ago. I mean, seriously. We got him somewhere. We were very inspired by him. We were inspired by him and very saddened when they arrested him. So it's great to hear a little bit of an update. Thank you for that. You're so welcome. It's the best news. I mean, out of the whole ordeal, you know, it's been like six years plus. And um, out of the whole ordeal, this is the first time I really feel like there's good news. They did temporarily and randomly move him to a medium security prison, I want to say earlier this year, in the past year, and then they sent him back to the CMU unit. So he is being held in one of the worst 
prisons in the United States. He's one of the only um, American citizen, English-speaking people there. It's generally convicted terrorists that are held there. And, um, you know, he's facing challenges that I can't even imagine. I mean, the isolation, the brutality, the lack of healthy food, the lack of sunshine. I mean, I I don't know if you all remember what he looked like before he went to prison, but he was covered in freckles, little Irish man. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um, that is no more. <laughs> there, he's, he's pale and he looks like Jesus. His hair is long and, and flowing. And um, anyway, he's been strong and, and he just, he, he can feel your prayers. He can. And I know that he will probably write me and ask me about the prayers that he's feeling from this show. So thank you, everybody. Oh my God. <laughs> Whoa, boy. I take a deep breath, everyone. It brings tears to my eyes thinking about this. Uh, we could go on and on with so many people. Ed and Elaine Brown, for example, on this call several times. I hosted a, a, a daily uh, call on on for public broadcasting for, I think it was an hour, an hour show every day while he was holed up in his house for six months before they, they entrapped him. And, and got them out, but uh, it just goes on and on. We've, we've got so many wonderful people who bravely stood against the forces of, of, of power in, in our world, this unjust power. So prayers to Schaefer Cox, prayers to Bob Schultz, Ed and Elaine Brown. The list goes on and on and on. We can probably open it up when we bring Ed into the call. But, uh, Catherine, go, go into your uh, homestead guru. Uh, you're doing some wonderful things. You've got a lot of contributors there as well. And uh, it, it's about, you know, just engaging topics about living a healthy lifestyle and, and, and going organic and, and, and just kind of weeding, you know, getting the truth about things, uh, about living a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, absolutely. So John and I, when we first got pregnant, decided we needed to change everything. We were doing this hardcore activism. It was yeah. intense. We'd both been arrested multiple times. John got arrested the last time when our daughter was three months old. And I was just like, this can't work. I can't show up to a jail at 2 a.m. and get you out this time. You know, I can't do that. So we got to figure something else out. And so we moved on to a farm. We were renting it. Oh, we were young. We couldn't afford to buy it. I wish we had. No, I don't. Because everything unfolded perfectly. Uh, The landlord sold the property three years Later, um, we were in the middle of recording a reality, documentary-style reality show called Sovereign Living about what we were doing there. And that project, we had six TV, television production companies contact us wanting to buy it and produce it for us after seeing episode one online. And we did not want our message changed or altered, and we decided to stick with donations only and yep. when we lost the farm property because, you know, the landlord, we were on a month-to-month lease at this point, naively, and our landlord, he retired, and he said, I'm selling the house. you got 30 days to leave. I'm moving down to the border. I'm buying a big ranch. And so wow. we had to rehome over 100 chickens. We had to dig up. It brings tears to my eyes. We had to dig up, you know, like 30 garden beds, and um, it was just awful. It was excruciating. And at this point in time, we had built our first freedom cell. Have you all talked about freedom cells on the show at all? No, we haven't. Um, so, so John was inspired by this book um, 
called Flourish, and um, it talks about octologues and how society or groups work function best when they are sized between eight and twelve people. When there's eight okay. to twelve people, not enough hands to get the work done, but there's not too many cooks in the kitchen. Once you start reaching, you know, fifteen, twenty, it's too many. And when you only have yeah. three or four, it's not enough. And so John, kind of, he, he kind of played off of this and came up with what he calls freedom cells. And it's this idea of building society from the bottom up, picking your tribe, and um, coming together around core principles and, and building from the bottom up. And so we developed our first freedom cell. And when we lost the farm property, the freedom cell imploded. And so all at one time, we lost our home, we lost our chickens, we lost our garden. Oh, no. We we lost our friends. We lost our whole community. And um, people blamed us. We had, um, you know, we had centralized everything around ourselves. You know, we were the we were the peak. We financed everything. We provided the property. We maintained it seven days a week. Like we were yep. everything. And sure. when we started to have children, these people began to resent that we weren't doing enough. And okay. that was hard. And then when we lost the yeah. property, they were pissed because we were the ones responsible and this was caused an implosion. Now, I'm not saying that John and I had no, no room to blame or whatever. Like we, we, one of the things we learned during this time period is that we overcommit ourselves, we overextend ourselves. We had no idea what having children was going to be like and how much harder it would be to make the type of impact that, that you had described earlier that we were doing, you know, with our activism. And, um, you know, at that point in time, um, Sovereign Living stagnated out. We have four episodes that are cut. They are ready. They are TV quality, TV links. Um, and there are two episodes that are roughly cut. And, um, you know, we have the footage of us, like, moving off the property and, like, moving all of our stuff into an apartment and, like, me crying as I'm driving our car full of stuff as we leave the house. Oh, and my God. Like, and I could not raise more money to finish that series. <laughs> you know, like at that point, it was just like, I can't focus on this. And at that point in time, we had given, you know, I was blogging on SovereignLiving.com, and we had given, and, and at that point in time, that website was getting, you know, one to two million hits a month. And this is back before all the viral social media stuff. I didn't know what we had at that point in time, and we had handed it over to the nonprofit that was raising the money and just kind of abandoned it, at least for a while. We, we had a new board of directors that we worked on. And I started to really miss, you know, talking about the things I used to talk about with sovereign living, which were yeah. raising children as sovereign beings, um, eating in a way that is in alignment with well-being, um, you know, um, growing food. Um, animal husbandry, being outside, you know, just the benefits of having your hands in the soil and the sun on your skin and, and, and fresh water and, and not fluoridating and no vaccines, you know, all of that stuff. And so when we were in the process of buying Brave New Books in Austin, which no longer has a physical storefront, that's, that right now is online only, and um, which I'm grateful for. That's a huge other story that I don't really feel like talking about right now. But, um, you know, the drag is changing. Austin is changing. And, um, you know, Target's being across the street, being built across the street from where the bookstore was. And McDonald's behind us is getting knocked down and turned into like a Hyatt hotel or something. 
you know, a Taco sure. Bell within four days up. Like, the area's changing, and we didn't want to do another storefront right away because we were burnt out. But one of the things sure. we had done in the process of buying the bookstore was to create this website, the Homestead Guru. And it was in part to fulfill our desire to still learn and participate in the things we were doing with Sovereign Living since we had healed a little bit, but also to hedge our bet against the bookstore failing. And I am so grateful that we did this because this website that we created, it paid the bookstore's rent a lot of last year, you know, when we still wow. were fresh. So this website has content that is desired by the masses. And that's how I know our message is getting out there. When, when I have this website, the homestead.guru, and there's homesteaders, you know, everywhere that might be a little bit mainstream, but we don't clash with any mainstream homesteading, gardening, anything, health, nutrition type web, um, you know, groups on Facebook or pages on Facebook because sure. this information has become so widely accepted and is so strongly desired. People want to know how to live a life that's not full of toxicity. They want to yeah. know, you know, a, a, about natural remedies like freedom, essential oils, CBD. Um, these are things that people are desiring and they're desiring strongly. And so we have a team that we've put together and they are some of the coolest people who are, who are participating with the Homestead Guru. Um, you know, our hosting bill is paid in Bitcoin every month through Agorist Hosting. We don't use a big mainstream mm -hmm. hosting company. We are supporting activists. We've got writers all over the country who are living sovereign lifestyles. We are, our editor, Cody, lives in an RV and travels full time. Um, <laughs> we've got an activist who lives in um, Acapulco, and she's on the run for drug charges. And so she's oh, wow. you know, over the border. And she is able to, um, you know, blog and, um, you know, earn a living online. And kind of keep herself out of a cage, you know, which is great. And we've got an unschooling mom. We've got a musician activist with the Houston Freethinkers who writes with us. Anyway, we just have this really, really dynamic group of people. And I'm so grateful to be able to lift up our community because for so long I felt like John and I were the um, we were the starting activists, and we, we needed the support of the village to be able to fight so hard. And I'm done fighting. I, I, I don't have yeah. any fight left in me. I'm ready to grow yeah. and build. And I'm not saying that, you know, we have found ultimate success when we had the storefront with the bookstore. We were still starving activists. You know, we still needed help to keep that community center open. But sure. now that we don't have that much overhead to take care of every month, we're online only. We have the guru. We're in a position where we are lifting up this community in a way that this community used to lift us up, and that feels really good. And I am, I am so grateful to be part of that. And this week, our website crossed into, uh, it broke into the top hundred thousand websites on the planet, and it is a big deal to break into the top million. And when we broke into the top million, <laughs> I felt so excited. And when this yeah. week we broke into the top hundred thousand, I'm like, wow. You know, you, you Man, start hitting. Ten, that's, a ten, that's a ten times improvement. Man, holy. Yeah, and, and, and the website's only two and a half years old. Wow. Yeah, and so when you're looking at, like, InfoWars, you're looking at the top 10,000 on the planet, top 20,000 yeah. on the planet, you know, these really big websites. So 
we have the power as these grassroots activists to create massive, massive momentum. And we just have to be really intentional about it. And that's something that I've done. I've been kind of quiet the past several years. I've been taking care of my kids, raising these sovereign beings. Well, they're not as dependent on me now. And, you know, I spent all this time learning about search engine optimization and learning about Facebook traffic and learning about all these things. Well, now I have them all implemented and integrated into my business, and I am orchestrating a symphony, and that feels really good. And out of the bookstore, you know, we, cre- we, we saw a demand for Kratom and CBD, and we created a brand called Brave Botanicals. And we are now not only re- – like, we're not only importing Kratom from Indonesia and packaging and distributing it to customers online and here in Austin, but we're providing – wholesale Kratom and CBD to local businesses here in Austin. So now we've got a brand that we are putting into stores that is helping people heal and get off pharmaceuticals. So, you know, I feel like this movement has helped me to become a strong, powerful entrepreneur. And right now I, I feel like, our entire movement is sort of stepping into this place where it's like we have created a situation where there's a transfer of wealth taking place. It's going from Federal Reserve notes to Bitcoin. You know, like I, I earn money from the Homestead Guru from Amazon and Google. Well, that gets funneled into activists that are doing amazing things all across the country, you know, and it just feels really good to be seeing this this transfer of wealth kind of taking place and, and, and people being lifted up. And I'm, I'm so honored to be a part of it. And um, I'm grateful for every single subscriber on the Homestead Guru, on everyone who's liked our Facebook page and given us their email address and who visits our website because that has allowed us to lift up many other people in turn. So thank you to everybody who has supported us in any way, shape, or form. I mean, same thing with the bookstore. Now that it's online only and Brave Botanicals, you know, we we pay people. And um, these, are, these are people who are trying to live a different life. They don't want to work a nine-to-five. They don't want to live in a box. And, and because of people's support, that's happening for more than just my family. And it's it's really cool to be a part of it. And I can't wait to see, you know, 10 years from now, what will we all have created? Yeah, it's going to be, I think it's going to be like the Amazon effect. Uh, you know, Amazon is doing this in a, in a corporate commercial setting, but I think it's going to be the, the disintermediation of even Amazon into this pattern of connected awareness at the local level uh, that, 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 that transcends any, any geographic boundaries and political boundaries, uh, thanks to the internet and the application of, of ideas like what you're saying right now. Yeah, it's now, beautiful. Been- and I, I think we're reaching that, that point, you know, especially with, think about how many people who were young 20-somethings who bought Bitcoin six or seven years oh ago. Oh, my God. And yep. now are hundred thousandaires or millionaires, you know, like... Yep. The this is happening. It, it it is in real time, and it is right in front of us, and it is so beautiful. I I just, you know, like how did I end up so blessed to be part of this movement in this time, in in this place, in this moment? You know, I mean, I just can't wrap my head around it sometimes. 
Incredible, Catherine. Uh, the, is the URL correct that we have on the website, thehomestead.guru? The yes. Um, I decided they, they released all these things. That's, that's, pretty cool. that's a pretty cool URL. <laughs> yeah, it's really memorable. You don't have to do .coms and .net anymore. You can get really creative. The homestead.guru. That works. <laughs> That's a good one. Okay. Uh, everyone, please share that, spread that, post that, Facebook or whatever you want, Twitter it, uh, the homestead guru, uh, the homestead.guru uh, on the Internet. So, uh, well, Catherine, you've been in, an inspiration. How are your kids doing? We can give us the update. Uh, what what, what uh uh, what are they into these days? My kids are amazing. We have spent the past year, we live in a converted school bus called the Bitcoin bus, okay. and they have helped to remodel this bus into our house, and um, we've been in the bus for two and a half years. In the past year, we have been stationary on a property with four homeschool families, the kids are aged um, 4 to 11, okay. and there are seven children, and they have just had the most delightful year. And, you know, I spoke about how our first freedom cell kind of imploded. Um, yeah. This, the, the setup on this property isn't perfect. It's not what I want for long term. We're definitely hitting the road in January. We're going to go to Houston and then Mexico and then San Diego. We're doing Libertopia and Anarchapoco and um, – so, you know, it has given me a year to really sink into what a, a, a tribe, a community, a freedom cell can look like at the family level where you're raising families together. And I can honestly say my experience as a mother has never been more simple or enjoyable. And it was enjoyable before, but it was not simple. Um, I, have, I have built in help if I'm sick. There's other moms there, you know, like it, I don't have to suffer through being sick to take care of other people because there's people there to take care of me. And that mm -hmm. feels really, really good. So um, they, are, they are six and four. Aliana changed her name to Sara. So she goes by Sara now for about three years. And her um, grandparents and everyone calls her Sara. And William goes by Bill. He's four. They go to a nature program on Tuesdays and Thursdays. They are incredibly articulate. You know, one of the things we did was teach them baby signs. So they were using sign language before they could speak any words. Aliana could say 32 <coughs> words with her hands before she could really? say one word with her mouth. Wow. And so um, watching that develop... Um, it, it, they are incredibly articulate. They also have traveled with us all over the country, coast to coast, border to border. They were with us in the bookstore the two years that we had the storefront open. They're at every vendor booth we've ever worked. They have heard philosophical conversations about economics, about social organization. They are some of the coolest people I have ever met. I really love my children. <laughs> I just, I'm, they are fascinating people and I am so excited to see them turn into adults because I just know that they're going to be making waves way bigger than mine <laughs> way bigger than mine wow god uh, and it's six and four they're 
they're they're really I mean they, they their experience at six and four has got to be light years ahead of, of the the average person average child in in America. Given given what Probably you guys even, even average adults. I mean, yeah. how many adults? have woken up on ranches or farms or on the beach or in a national forest? Um, how many adults have community all over the country because they travel oh, yeah. the country every single year and see the same friends every single year, whether it's New York City or San Diego or even Acapulco? We have friends in Acapulco that my kids know and love. And, and, and not only are we now transient in the converted school bus, which I love, but many activists in my generation are doing the same thing. So we're running into the same people in different states all across the country, and my kids have a very strong sense of tribe and community, and they know that they can go anywhere and they will have people there for them. And I mean, that, I don't think most adults have that. So this is like an ongoing daily Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe without the psychedelics, although I did it yeah. in Peru and do ayahuasca, and that was where I put down my fight. I mean, and this was okay. recently, you know. Wait a minute, ayahuasca, what, what, what's going on there? Is that like a Burning Man in Peru? No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Ayahuasca, um, this is a plant that oh, the Native Peruvian, it's okay. Um, this, this is really powerful stuff. So I was introduced to ayahuasca by following um, Adam Kokesh's ex-girlfriend, Macy, who is studying to be a shaman, in, and she's going into Peru, into the jungle, and she's sitting with these plants. And ayahuasca is a psychedelic that Mother Nature provided us. And produces incredibly healing, like profoundly healing effects for people who use it as a tool. I've never really heard of it being used recreationally ever. I've only heard of it being yeah. used as a tool. Yeah. I heard about it through her. I watched the transformation she was going through. And then a dear friend of mine um, who was in part of the free state project, she lost her life partner. And she was devastated, heartbroken. Um, oh and I watched her go through this transformation with ayahuasca. And so she planned a retreat in Peru this summer and invited me to go. And, you know, I had gone through a lot of grief, um, you know, for full disclosure. John and I, we split up in May. And, um, we, you know, the bookstore shut down in May. And sure. just like all of these things were happening. And I, you know, I, I don't know that I had really fully recovered from the loss of the farm even. It was still so sure. beautiful. And so I, I was like, I'm going to do this. And I showed up in Peru. You know, I've, I've never, I had never done a psychedelic. I've never taken mushrooms. I've drinking alcohol and smoked pot. But I, you know, I'd never done anything like this. And I'd never left the country, okay? I, I, you know, I, I've, I've traveled the United States. I was six states repeatedly over and over and over. But I've never left the country. And so I got invited to go do this. And I had the most profoundly healing experience of my life. And I was shown the, the, what created my drive to fight in my infancy. Is, I mean, is this interesting? Do you guys want to hear this? I don't know. If yeah, absolutely. You got, you got a welcome audience here, Catherine. <laughs> okay, okay. So when I was born, 
I was extremely pigeon-toed. My toes pointed in toward each other. And oh, wow. okay. the, the modality of correcting this between, like, 1978 and 1985, I was born in 84, was to put a child in shoes that were connected with a metal bar that was attached. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Oh, so, wow. From newborn until almost age three, I had my feet held in between. A, basically, I, I found the the boots the other day, um, yeah. and I could draw a picture if you're interested, but I would, I would guesstimate like maybe 12 inches apart, my feet were held, and my mom had to turn this dial that would make my feet turn further and further out. And... Um, Oh my God! I didn't know about this until um, I was pregnant, and I talked to my mom about it, and I felt like, okay, wow, I have a little understanding about where this like I had this weird resentment with my mom that I couldn't figure out why do I hate my mom? You know, because she's wonderful. She never yelled at me. She never hit me. She was so sweet to me, and I couldn't understand why I had this rage against her, and um, I didn't understand where this rage came from in general. I was a fighter. Well, when I did ayahuasca, I was brought to my crib, and I was showing myself. I was there in my own consciousness, wearing those shoes, and I could feel my pain and agony and my stress and my heartache and my anger as a newborn that couldn't speak. And then I would become my mom's consciousness, and I could feel her pain and her sadness and her agony over having her baby in this bar, you know, this bar between the feet. I learned to walk with those things on. I learned to crawl with those things on. And it adds up because my mom used to tell me that when I learned to crawl, I would scoot with both my feet at one time. So I didn't know I had a bar between my feet. So that's why I did that, you know. So now I understand the hindsight. Of course, I wanted to fight for my freedom every waking moment of my life. And when I was in room, I was able to pick up to baby Catherine and take off those shoes. And I was able to set myself free. And when I came home, I have lost all desire to fight. It's not there anymore. There's nothing to fight. There's nothing to fight. It is all about growth. It is all about building. And it is all about love. And I see that now. And, you know, I I was kind of nuts back in, in 2008 and 2009 and 2010. I mean, I guess I had to be to be on Jesse Ventura and CNN and, you know, all these things. Yeah. But, um, you know, that, that was the hurt me. And I think the healed me is going to be even more powerful. And I'm not done healing, you know. I, I've, I've got a ways to go, but that showed me. That showed me that I have the ability to transmute my pain into something true. And so that, that's where I am right now. And I don't know where I'm going to go with it. Um, I, I did get accepted to a yoga teacher training program in Baja, Mexico in May. And they're giving me $1,000 off the tuition as a scholarship, which I'm super grateful for. I, I haven't figured out how I'm going to do it yet, but... Sure. Yoga has become a really important part of my life, healing my body physically and emotionally and hiking and being outside and plant medicines, whether it's, you know, essential oils, kratom, CBD, ayahuasca, 
all of these things are healing modalities and gardening. You know, these are the things that I want to focus on. And I'm, I'm, I'm loving the homestead guru and I'm going to keep building it and I'm going to, I'm going to build this momentum and I'm going to write it and it's going to be wonderful. But I'm also wondering, you know, what's next for Kat? You know, how do I take this, this desire to heal and to help others heal? So that's what I feel called to do. And, I've, you know, do I, do I become like a, a naturopathic doctor? No, I don't want to do that. You know, I'm not exactly sure. But I do know that that experience right there changed me. And everybody who interacts with me has been telling me they see it. I have people, Ron Paul activists from 2009 who are watching the videos I'm making now from Peru, and they're messaging me going, I distanced myself from you because of how angry you were, and I cannot believe what I'm hearing and seeing, you know? And um, it's, I, I, my whole body had become toxic. And, and you could see it through, through the way I was um, behaving, you know, truly, you could. And so um, now I think instead of fighting, I want to dance. And I want to move through life differently. And I want to show others how to do that as well. And, you know, I don't know what that means yet. <laughs> but that's, that's where I am. That's what I want to do. This is incredible powerful presentation, Catherine, uh, a transformative, uh, spiritually awakened. Uh, it, it sounds like the creator of our universe is, is guiding, instructing, and, 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 and leading the way. You, you've got a plan. You've got a process. You're, you're going through each one of these steps, and uh, it's breathtaking to hear it in this, in this call tonight. Uh, just real, real quick. Um, when you left that uh, Peru down there, did the lady stay behind? Is she still in the jungles down there, or did she come back with you? Oh, okay. So Macy Tomlin, you can follow her on Facebook. Okay. Her main residence is in Acapulco, and she goes and she does like three to six months at a time in the jungle, and she should be done with her shamanism apprenticeship probably within the next year. And at that point, my understanding of what she wants to do is both travel and bring these healing ceremonies to people across the globe. Um, But from what I understand, she's also considering creating her own retreat center where people can come to her, probably in Peru, and participate in these things. And um, But the, the woman who organized the event, her name is Carla, and I'm Carla Mora, and she's organizing another one in April. And I'm very interested in going again. You know, it's, it's been about two months, and I'm still integrating the lessons that I have learned. I mean, I am still taking the lessons that I've learned and applying them to my life. Wow. I feel like I will be ready to do ayahuasca again in the spring and, um, you know, and, and, and then integrate some new lessons and things like that. So I, I do hope to attend this. Um, this retreat in in April, and you know maybe maybe this is something that I want to help put on. You know maybe I can help put yeah. on events like this and, and bring Macy to come be the shaman. You know I don't know, yeah. but for me the 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 transformation has been just at such a core root level, and it has created. I mean I'm at the point now where like 
when I'm triggered by something, I can hear myself reacting in a triggered way, and I can hear myself telling myself that, like, this isn't in alignment, cat. You know, like, let's take a deep breath. And um, I'm, I'm owning my stuff, if that makes sense, in a way that I never have before. Just radical responsibility for my own behavior, my own feelings, my own emotions, my own situation in life. You know, I used to place a lot of blame, and whether it was mm-hmm. at the government or at John, it didn't matter. I was in fingers. And at this point in time, I'm looking in the mirror, and that feels really good because that's where the change is happening, and that is where, that's in my sphere of influence. That's what I have the power to control and to change. And what I'm realizing is that, sure, I could exert all of that energy in the Missouri State Legislature. I could exert all of that energy for all of these sure. causes and make a little tiny bit of change. But when I focus that on myself, it ripples out so much further because it makes a bigger impact to have people look at you and say, I want to have what she has, not to look at you and say, I'm going to fight back. You know, like, when yeah. you're not fighting, it's easier to make waves. Yeah. You're kind of describing sort of like the lighthouse effect. You're, you're glowing, you're beaming, you're, you're creating an aura that is, that is attracting interest and, and, and awareness and, and curiosity uh, for growth and development yes. uh, of the yes. soul, of the heart. So, and uh, another thing on top of all of this that I started learning about in Peru and then I, I, I really started digging into the past couple of months since I've got home is about these, these masculine and feminine energies. I don't know if, if y'all talk about this kind of stuff on your show. Sure. Um, okay. So, um, what I'm realizing, you know, of course, there's all this, like, transgender stuff going on and all these things where, where people are obviously really confused, you know, and um, and I don't say that to belittle anybody. I honor anybody's choices to do whatever they want with their bodies, but I also believe through the the things that I have been learning the past several months that we all inherently have both feminine and masculine energies within us, and mm-hmm. The goal is to, to to balance those and find alignment. And I was something, and of course, there's there's healthy manifestations of masculine and feminine, and there are toxic manifestations of masculine and feminine. So when we're talking about masculine energy, we're talking about um, strength. We're talking about planning. We're talking about um, straight lines. When we're talking about feminine energy, we're talking about Soft. We're talking about circles and spirals and um, change. You know, we're talking about the weather. Whereas with masculine, we're talking about a mountain, right? And those are the types of energies that reside within each of us. And when those get out of balance in a toxic way, you see a Catherine Bleich of 2009 who's yelling in cop faces and losing her shit and mm-hmm. is very sick and her body battle back. And that was my toxic masculine. My toxic feminine was beating and crying on the floor and out of control, like unable to console myself. And um, it, was, it was very, very toxic. And um, what I've been sort of tapping into is, is um, identifying 
where my masculine energy is is out of whack, particularly because I think because I was basically born into bondage with these leg braces, um, yeah, my masculine yeah. energy was very strong. You know, um, masculine energy is the fight. Feminine energy is the love. Masculine energy is emptying out, like in Buddhism, and, and feminine energy is filling up, right? And so, um, you know, I have a very strong masculine imbalance, and it was manifesting in toxic ways that were resulting in toxic situations for myself, like being put in a cage. That sucked. Yeah. I didn't like that. And I was really depressed about that. And so I've been trying to, one, figure out what balanced masculine energy looks like, and, and two, to figure out what feminine energy is and how to find it and apply it in my life. So for me, this is how this looks. The, the, the balanced masculine energy is setting strong boundaries and saying no to projects that are too much and not participating in things that are sucking the life out of me and not saying yes just because I want to save the world and I think that I can do every single project. It's yeah. not associating with toxic people, even if they agree with me on political or post-political issues. I don't have to work with everybody. I can choose who I surround myself with, and I pick people that are nice, and I pick people that are ethical, and I don't care what your stance is on freedom. If you're not nice and you're not ethical, I'm no longer going to participate in business with you. And so this summer, I went through, before going to Peru, I went through this process of setting these, they were healthy boundaries, but they were radical because my masculine was so toxic and I was erupting in these big eruptions, but not setting healthy boundaries. And so I rewrote every single relationship that I had, whether it was my marriage, business relationships, my friendships, my relationships with my children, I rewrote it with boundaries that honored progress. And then when it comes to the femininity, the feminine energy, what I've been working really hard on is, and, and, and the words that I've been playing with a lot in my meditation and during yoga is surrender and just allowing life to flow and not feeling like I need to control and micromanage every single little thing because I exerted so much energy <laughs> controlling and micromanaging every single little thing, especially through my activism, you know, like that was so, and, and I'll definitely say, I definitely began to, to, to sink into some of my feminine energy when I became a mother, but that wasn't necessarily intentional. You know, I wasn't paying attention to this stuff. And what I realized as I find balance within myself and I'm, I'm, I'm figuring out the healthy masculine and the healthy feminine, and of course, I'm a woman and I relate to my feminine energy and I didn't know how to before because I grew up very toxic masculine society, you know, and, and, and that's the society we've been raised in where it's men are in charge and they wage war and they're the police officers that brutalize people and men are the problem. And I'm looking at things in a completely different way now. And what I have found is, is that as I balance these energies within myself and as I began begin, I'm still in the process of beginning this, to lean into my feminine energy and to, to, to relinquish control and to just let life happen. Not only have I become more abundant, 
And not only have my projects become more successful, but I am manifesting the most superb people into my life. It is incredible. And as it's happening, sometimes I'm, I'm removing people from my life. And some of those people have seen me go through this process and begin to balance themselves. Like John, for example, you know, he and I had a really rough summer. We were out of balance. Everything was out of whack. And we're at a point now where we're back to being really good friends and we can be around each other and enjoy each other's company. So um, I just feel like if we can figure out a way to balance this energetically as a society, that, I don't know, maybe things would be functioning a little you know, differently, I guess. Well, we're certainly going through a rebalancing effect right now, Catherine. So we're all in the same boat. Uh, you know, uh, the patriarchal control power grid of the male dominant world is is uh, is le- is having to let go. Is ha- because it's being exposed. And, it is, and, the and that's nurture- the toxic. That's the toxic masculine because we need yeah. masculine energy. We need our strong mountain energy. We don't need to be run by the feminine. Run by the feminine, we would be in another type of chaos, you know? Yeah, yep. Yeah, so I feel like this is the opportunity where, and and, and, and this is where when I'm talking about masculine and feminine and us all having it, you know, I mean, I guess if if, if you are, um, you know, maybe a lesbian and you lean more masculine, that's great. Lean into that. Lean into that in a healthy way. You know, like like find find that and as we begin to step into our power as divine masculine and divine feminine, we will create divine balance. We will. It's coming. It's happening. But it takes each of us looking in the mirror and identifying the places that are out of balance. Where's the toxicity? You know, where's your toxic masculine? Where's your toxic feminine? A lot of men have basically, like, beat their feminine out of them. They're taught not to feel. They're, they're taught not to have these emotions. Yeah. But that makes a strong man, in my opinion. You know, a man who can feel and who can trust his intuition, that's a strong man. That's a divine masculine. Boy, we've got some heavy things to talk about tonight. Uh, Catherine, you've opened up uh, veritable uh, discussion points that could go – we could go for hours on this call. And unfortunately we're going to have to, I want to, because of what we're talking about, I know a lot of people listening would like to chime in, especially Ed Vallejo, uh, Al Jordan, anybody else. Opportunity. Ed, come on, come on in, Ed. You got the first shot. No toxic masculinity. I don't even know what that is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man we're all evolving well, Ed we're all, we're all improving toxic, rising up toxic masculinity is, is, is pretty much neutered by love okay when you embrace okay. love with the inclusion of, uh, in your entire being toxic uh, there's no toxic part of it it's it's feminine, it's masculine, it's love, it's real, and it's all embracing. 
There you go. It's beautiful. I love you, Catherine. Man, good, good stuff. Good statement, Ed. I love you, Ed. My heart feels full hearing your voice. Hey, you're gonna you're gonna have to come out here in Arizona when you get a chance and and give me a hand. I got five acres in uh, Navajo County and it's blank and it's just a blank canvas and it's just waiting waiting for it to be painted upon with with God's colors and and I've got seeds like you wouldn't believe. Come on out here and help me plant. Just water and power. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. <laughs> okay, well, I mean, we're gonna be driving from. Well, John and the kids are flying from New Hampshire to uh, to New Hampshire from San Diego, and I am trying to figure out how to get the bus back toward Texas at that time. Um, I'm going to, you know, there's going to be a week where he'll have the kids in New Hampshire. Um, but hypothetically, they don't have to fly back to Texas. They could, they could meet me somewhere like Arizona. But I definitely would prefer to have water and electric hookup. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everybody would prefer. I've got a blank canvas, and I'm going to go paint on it. I was just saying, come on out and, and help me paint. I love to paint. It's one of my favorite things to do. I'm I'm going to put natural things on there, so I really don't have to have the water right away. There's enough water, rainfall and everything, and, and the groundwater is close enough to where I'm not worried. I'm not worried. That's beautiful. Yeah. Well, get your, get your rainwater tank set up. I... I know a guy who installs rainwater tanks, so um, when you get to that point, let me know. And um, he's well. There's like a, there's, there's like a six foot slope over the 600 feet length of it, uh, six foot drop. So I figure I'll have a catch basin down in the bottom, and that'll be that'll be enough to to collect for most of the year. Amazing. Yeah, it's it, you'll you'll be amazed when you come on out and see it. Are you going to go uh, across the 10 or the 40? I'm not entirely sure. We're going to be coming up from Acapulco, Mexico to San Diego. And then um, I haven't completely planned the route back to Texas. You know, I'm, it's kind of that part's a little bit up in the air as for now. Well, if you come through the 10, then you can come by the house here in Phoenix. And if you come by the 40, you can go by the property up there and I'll meet you up there. Beautiful. A win-win. I love it. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Me too. I miss you. I want to give you a big hug. <laughs> yeah. I, I I have to chime in and say uh, I, I, I agree with the saying the extra prayer for Schaefer Cox, man. He could really use it. And Catherine Schaefer's website is freeschaefer.com? Correct. Okay. And by the way, everyone, that's S-C-H-A-F-E-R. S-C-H-A-E-F-F-E-R. Oh, I'm sorry. A-E-F-F-E-R. Sorry. E-F-F-E-R. Wow. Dot com. All right. Uh Al Jordan, are you still on the call? I'm listening. I'm listening. Okay. I'm I'm I'm, I'm thinking I'm thinking about the, the the revolution that we are experiencing financially across the country, you know, and watching for the past couple of weeks, watching Bitcoin explode uh, into valuation 
and the government can't do a damn thing about it. And uh, noticing that uh, it would be interesting to have this group grow its own Bitcoin, its own currency as part of the ecosystem worldwide. The specific topics, you know, I'm on, I'm on, a, on, a, on a project right now which eliminates opioids, um, and the man that I'm working with is, is dead broke. He's, he's uh, using very expensive resources in order to put the thing together. He's asked me to work with him, but I don't know where to start with him. So I'm trying to figure out a way to build a token that can raise a few million dollars, a few hundred million dollars, without violating federal laws, and you know, begin to grow more and more ecosystems for a purpose. The government can't do a thing about it. You know, break into the medical community and uh, perhaps cure people from these crazy, you know, uh, you know, drugs that we're taking. And so I was asking you about earlier. I need to get the URLs, by the way, uh, about, you know, the, the wild oregano and other, there's other things. I've been sick for a month, you know. Yeah. Um, I can barely go half. Everyone, uh, a prayer for Al Jordan's health, please. Pray for Al Jordan's health. <laughs> no, seriously, anyway, I, Thank you. Don't forget you, Jeff, I, I, I love the idea of your, your, your not knowing the solution to this. To various things, um, I, I wanted to buy ayahuasca myself. Otherwise, um, yeah, you'd be going to South America. My son goes. Dennis is out down there. It hasn't helped him to use it. Um, just the opposite effect. Wasn't such a good thing, man. But um, you know, I, I'm I'm very intrigued about getting the bonds of being stuck in any one geographic location, you know, and getting the freedom of resources so that we can do the things we want to do. I think we, we, we fail to get our power because we fail to take our power because we're afraid to take it, period, because we think along the lines of what everybody else thinks. You know, if we're powerless, we have no money. But in fact, we create all of our own. And, and uh, what you were doing with your bookstore and a variety of other things, you know, I think that we could build, you know, economies that when somebody needs resources rapidly, you pick up the phone, you get 100,000 people suddenly buying a token. You've gone as another million people buying a token. You get all the resources that you need to make things happen for you. That's what I'm sort of thinking at this point. Um, I was fortunate enough to own enough Bitcoin to finance my life recently, and much more so with a recent bump. I know it's going to happen, but, you know, I like the decentralized kinds of things. I like the way you're talking about you know, I like the part of the world that you want to live in. Uh, I certainly um, like your ideas. Um, it, but it's, it's hard to understand how you're able to do all the things that you do uh, without without a map. You just seem to just decide to do it. Do that how it works? Do you just decide to do it and it happens? Is that what you do? Yeah, I, I very strongly believe in the power of manifestation and the idea that our thoughts create our reality. And um, this was something I was introduced to during the Ron Paul movement as well. I don't remember exactly what it was, um, but the, the same person that showed me the movie Zeitgeist um, also showed me the movie Law of Attraction. And I created my first vision board in 2007, and, you know, 
every single thing happened, but it didn't always happen in the way that I was expecting it to. And I've learned to become very crystal clear about what I am calling in with my intentions to manifest into my life, right? Here's an example. Um, During the Ron Paul campaign, I want to say this might have been late 2007, early 2008, I cut up my credit cards and I wrote debt-free on my vision board with the cut-up plastic. Well, end of 2008, George Bush bails out the banks and I am pissed off. I am so mad. And I decided that any company that received a bailout was not getting another penny from me. So I didn't pay off those cards. And you know what? Six years later, they all sell off on my credit report, clear credit. That's great. Except, oh, wait, my parents got hundreds of phone calls hounding me down for money. You know, like it had a very negative impact the way I manifested being debt-free. Another example, I wrote $10,000 on my vision board. This was this was um, 2009. Late 2009, I wrote $10,000 on my vision board. Well, a couple months later, I get arrested. A year later, I get a settlement. After my attorney sees, my check is for like $12,000. And I'm like, great. So I I became debt-free by ruining my relationship with my parents. I got $10,000 by being put in a cage and being traumatized. (laughs) So then I'm like, I need to be more clear. $10,000 a month. So I put that on my vision board. Next thing I know, John and I are running a bookstore where we have to come up with $10,000 a month before we can feed ourselves. And I'm like, shit, I am doing this wrong. And so, yes, I have no map. I go with my gut and I go with what I want and I ask the universe for it. And I am asking with incredible preciseness. So, you know, I, I didn't save Bitcoin, right? We, we got some at $3, and we cashed it out at 125 to pay for our wedding. We got some more, cashed it out at 300 to buy the bookstore, even though my good friends were telling me not to. They were like, you could buy three bookstores in two years, just wait, and we didn't wait. And, um, but I, I was still able to travel the country in my Bitcoin bus because I wrote down my intention. I wrote down my budget, and I sent it to a bunch of companies and said, this is what I want to do, and boom, I'm able to do it. Anything you want to do, if you put it out there to the universe, and you keep putting it out there, and you don't stop asking, it will come. You will manifest it. You just have to know what you want, and you have to be really, really clear, because you will get what you ask for, and I learned that. It was a really, really weird way to I guess, my Bitcoin. My, my youngest son, before he went to medical school, said, Dad, take a look at Bitcoin. And then he said, oh, by the way, Dad, I don't need to do your money to medical school. I said, what? So I walked, you know, I said, maybe you've got $75,000 a year. You don't worry about it. Right? So I went, I went to Cyprus, and I went there, and I started learning about it. But I didn't know to buy any Bitcoin. I went to work with a group that developed a coin called Goldcoin, right? And... He gave me a whole lot of gold coins, which I then converted to Bitcoin. And then wow. sit and sit and sit and sit. That's amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. And I'm I'm living off of it now. 
<laughs> you know. Um, That's so great. You know, um, and so we grow and grow and grow. But what I'm talking about is growing communities that can do what Bitcoin is doing. I think it's possible. Yes. Yeah, you can, yes. You can have communities everywhere that can do that and create the capital that you're looking for. You know, um, and I don't think we need, we need central government and we need anything except themselves in order to do this kind of thing. You know, Bitcoin is going to make continue to go to a million dollars. Who knows? Um, but, you know, we, we need... And all the other altcoins are, are, are rising in value, too. You know, look at Dash and Ethereum and all of these other coins, even Bitcoin Cash, you know, they are all rising in value as well. Amazing. Amazing. Um, I think... But I think that we can also take the power from the power brokers out there, those that control the banking interest and the insurance company interest and those kinds of things, just by creating our own, with our own currencies and our own business structure. You can just do that. And I didn't think that was the past, but I'm beginning to believe that now, um, that that can happen. You don't need anybody to control anything. Um, and yet, you know, it's happening now. Yeah, it is. It is, it, is, it, is, it, is. it is happening now. I mean, freedom cells will be organized on the blockchain. You know, like yeah. we yeah. have the ability to, mm. you know, my friend Alma Summer, she's doing this um, project called the Undocumented Human, right? Her, my children also, you know, we didn't file any government paperwork for them. They're free, free people. And her, her children as well. Both of our midwives, mine and hers, submitted a birth certificate on our behalf. But they're like baby girl Blyche, you know, baby boy Summer. You know, it's like they're nameless or whatever. And um, she's really in- interested in, one, um, replacing these sort of like government documentation things with the blockchain so that you can register a birth on the blockchain if you want to celebrate the birth of someone and you can, um, you know, you, you can register things on the blockchain. Right now, she is, they just moved into a sailboat. They were full-time RVers and they, they caravaned with us all across the country and they just moved into a sailboat and they're trying to figure out how do we register our sailboat on the blockchain so that when we get stopped by Coast Guard and they want to see our paperwork, we can be like, you know, here's this. And she's working for this project called BitNation. And I'm so impressed by this concept of, you know, being becoming a member of BitNation that has no borders, right? Where you can get travel documents through the blockchain and travel across the country as a, you know, nation-state-less person. And, sure. you know, so for me, you know, I've talked to my kids about this. We are getting passports for them to go to Mexico and to travel the world. And that's because we don't want to fight, right? It's a fight that I don't want to have right right now. I'll spread the message. I'll talk about it. But I am not having a fight over my children at a border, coming in or out of the country. That is not going to happen. So I I am happy to get a passport for my kids. They have consented. We've talked about it. My son was not down for a while. He was so anti-government. He's just like, I don't want government papers. And I'm like, well, dude, here's the deal, you know, um, you know, one one of the things my, my dear friend Luis has talked to me about is that my rigidity with my principles has created less freedom for me. And okay. he, I think he's right in some of these ways because, you know, like I haven't had a driver's license for four years. It hasn't been a problem yet. Our bus isn't registered. We've driven all across the country. We've had law enforcement interactions. We're able to keep driving. But for some reason, crossing the border to me 
just feels like a bigger deal. And so I'm registering my bus. I'm getting, you know, Lifetime Montana plates, and I'm getting passports for my children. And um, I'm trying – remember I was talking about leaning into that feminine energy and just sort of surrendering and, and not being so rigid and wanting to fight everything. And for me, I feel like that's creating, you know, a little bit more freedom. And um, I'm excited for me personally – um, I'm excited sure. to see how this stuff transforms and how this manifests, you know, how, how quickly are we going to move from a place where this technology right now is just breaking into the mainstream conversation to the point where you can cross a border with a bit nation passport, no problem. You can get on an airplane with a bit nation passport, no problem, you know. Like, like, John and I've had relative success doing this in the United States with, un, you know, my, during 2009, 2010, all that, I drove all across the country in the Sovereign Mobile, unregistered. You know, I had two Rottweilers in the car. I really think that's a big part of why um, I never got hassled, you know, driving all across the country in my bright orange Ford Escape with, with, with expired tags, no insurance. You know, I was crazy. Right. Um, I, I'm, I'm not interested in playing that game or fighting that fight on the border because I know that some people who, who try to exert their right to travel, um, you know, they get put in a cage. I, I can't risk that with my kids. Sure. But, um, I feel like the blockchain technology, it's not only going to remove borders, but it's, gonna, it, it's going to bring back our right to travel. You know, it is, it is going to give us a platform um, to, to, to exert that right. And it's also going to take away so much more than their power financially. You know, like all of this, these economic movements that are taking place into blockchain technology, they're leaving the old infrastructure. Well, most people who are buying into blockchain technology of some sort, they are very creative, out-of-the-box, forward-thinking people, especially right now. If you're already in Bitcoin, you're yeah. thinking in a way that the average human being on the planet is not. You're receptive to ideas and creative ideas that can change the planet and can change the world. And, you know, Bitcoin, it started with a white paper. It started with an idea right. with someone writing it down and articulating it. And I think you are completely right. We can build societies around this where we are not only transforming things financially, but we are, we, are, we are funneling those finances into the communities and into the people who are the change makers, who are the world shapers, who are raising the next generation of sovereign beings. And that is what is happening. And that's the power of the blockchain. And that is why I am so in love with it. That's why my house is a Bitcoin bus. You know, I, I just, yeah. I agree with you. I think there's profound applications for community building within the infrastructure of blockchain technology. And the big, the big, the big bank is afraid of it. There's a company called R3 in New York that's converting all the big banks into blockchain technology. And about six months into it, the executives in every single one of the big banks realize that if they if they blockchain our big bank, there's no need for us anymore. And they all fired R3 one day. Did they realize that was the end of that? Well, you know, here, here's, here's another side of that coin, okay? Um, my uncle owns a bank, and he sits on the board of the Federal Reserve Bank in Kansas City. And he told me that they talk about Bitcoin at every single meeting, 
And one of the biggest things that they are very interested in blockchain technology for is the transaction time. Because Bitcoin, even though we're complaining about, oh, it took, this transaction took three hours, you know, wah, wah, when John and I would get credit card transactions that would go through on a Thursday or Friday or Saturday or Sunday, we wouldn't get paid till Monday. You know, with Bitcoin, you have it in seconds, minutes, hours, days, whatever. It's coming quickly. And the fees, you know, you can do a little microscope. Oh, wow. um, anyway, um, you know, what I'm hearing from him is that blockchain technology is very interesting to them. And I believe that if they were, and I think that this is being tested in some areas. I'm, I'm not up on my current news right now. I kind of just live my life a lot. I'm, I'm not spending a lot of time reading the news like I used to. But, you know, I had read some articles in the past about, um, you know, the banking institutions really looking into this in different countries and creating their own blockchain, you know, forking off of Ethereum and forking off of these different cryptocurrencies that would allow the banking institution to catch up. And they, they are taking it very seriously. So they may have got scared and backed away from, you know, whatever friend was trying to integrate with them. But I know that they will be harnessing the power of blockchain technology in the near future. It is on sure. the table being discussed. Hey, Didi, uh, uh, Didi, uh, bring your voice in. Are you still on, Didi? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Yeah, what did you have a chance to interact with uh, Kat? Oh, I was just enjoying. Uh, you're 30 years old, right? Is that what you said, Kat? I'm 33, yes. Okay, yeah. And um, I started in on this um, Patriot thing when I was 17 and learned about the Federal Reserve and all this. Right? I had some older people around me. And we did all the psychedelics, mushroom, everything in those years. But um uh, when I was 33, I had uh, a 10-year-old child and four businesses of my own, and we didn't have Internet, and we didn't have uh, computers or anything like that. And But the same energy of homeschooling, we had our own school, and my daughter Meadow Akasha is 46 now, <laughs> but she grew up, we did a lot of the same things you're talking about, traveling, going to conferences, you know, experiencing groups of, of like-minded individuals. And it was very, it's very refreshing to, to hear that although things have changed a lot over the years, it's still that same dynamic of building the new, you know, and taking that, that I was so sincere and invested and enthusiastic about the visions I was having of the future. And a lot of my friends, we were hippies back in the, those days now, have come so far away from the counterculture and all of these different things. And and they're not interested in any of the things that I'm pursuing. And I've lost a lot of my friends and community because of that. And I have a community here with these guys, thank you. <laughs> but um, uh, I really realized that it is like a wave. You know, it's like surfing a wave. And it's a spiral as well. And you're taking that spiral, you grab a hold of it. Young people grab a hold of it, and they just keep spiraling and spiraling and spiraling up. And so a lot of the dreams and visions that we had, like I uh, started a, a health products company in 1974. I already had six years of herbal studies under my belt at that point. I mean, 1974, because I'm nearly 70 now. 
And so I see how far we're coming now is so inspiring to me. So because things are breaking loose every day, the pedophilia, the, uh, oh gosh, the vaccinations, all these, we didn't vac- vaccine, uh, vaccinate our kids. And my, my granddaughter's 22, my daughter's 46, never had a childhood disease, right? And so, but it was really, the counterculture back then was a very isolated community. And we, we had communes and we built schools and we published and traveled and taught and did all this stuff. However, now it's so much more prevalent. It's, you know, the health food market is in the mainstream, alternative medicine, plant-based medicines, all in the mainstream now and becoming more and more and more popular and prevalent every day. So in the healing arts, same thing, just, you know, blasted through the, 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 the megasphere or whatever. And um, I just want to say to you that coming from where I've come from and through this whole thing, that's what got me uh, hooked up with Ron Paul and with Fred and Steve and everyone in this network because I saw Aaron Russo's movie, someone sent it to me early on, and I thought, oh, this is it. This is the thing that's going to start shaking the pillars again. And I'm so happy to know that that's actually happening and to hear stories. I have a young niece, too. She's older than you. She's at 45, very much involved with Kratom and CBDs and all that. And um, I love all of those. <laughs> but um, but it's just it's going at rocket speed now. I mean, it's going so much faster. We thought it was going faster. We th- I thought this would all be solved with the federal. I thought this would be solved by 1980. <laughs> right? Wow. <laughs> bogging down and bogging down. We raised our kids and we kept going. And I always worked for myself. Um, I, I wish I'd had the funds to get into blockchain technology, and I still may be able to do that going forward. I really need it now. Uh, it's so not too late. No, I know. And I'm so grateful for the vision that's been created around it. And you're talking about it. I, I've heard mostly from Al Jordan, and we've had a few other people over the last few years talk give us tutorials on the subject, but I've seen miracles in healing arts. And I've, you know, I mean, like, look what's out there now, you know, these conferences on the truth about cancer and the sacred medicines. And I still have friends in the industry that have been there, like my friend from Medicine Flower. She's still running a big successful company with plant-based medicines and oils. But I just want to say kudos to you for your life and what you're doing with your kids, because they, it's important, and, and you, we create we create templates upon templates upon templates. We jump from template to template, and you, you've jumped up to where we are now, and you've got the vision, you've got the motivation, and and even I mean I still have daily struggles with my health occasionally, but you break through, and then it all goes away, and you don't fight anymore. I'm, I'm going through some personal issues myself that I feel like I'm I'm growing more and more every day. And uh, so I just want to give you that encouragement that that kind of energy never ends. It just takes us to places that we never imagined we would be able to get to. And I was one of the few people, and I still am one of the few people I know, that know that this is already in my lifetime. It's not going to be a non-event because it hasn't happened yet. Because like you and like the others on this call, we see it happening. We experience it every day, and we keep looking for it and looking at it and sending our light into it and helping it to be created. So um, it, it's neat, you know, the words for listening to you. I've been very inspired and you remind me of myself in a lot of ways. You know, 40, 40 years later, you know, of course, I'm going to be 70 and when the sun hits Aquarius. And and I, I think aging, 
the idea of aging is very overrated. And I feel like I'm at a point now where I'm going to start being even younger <laughs> than I was in the last Yes. Yeah, because I'm making some breakthroughs cool, you know. So, but kudos to you, girl. And I, I would, um, I really like the idea of the freedom cells uh, and uh, the smaller groups with the, you know, and then funded by blockchain. That's so, that's so far out. It's really cool. <laughs> it's amazing. There's a website that you can visit that John and our friend Derek Rose have worked on together, and it's called freedomcells.org. You can check yeah. that out. Yeah, I've, I've done, I know about the Freedom Cells, and it was, I've been watching that. It's really cool. I, yeah. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and I'm a gardener and, you know, an herbalist and a healing medicine woman and, and you know, spent my years raising my daughter really being heavily involved with this and, and lots of other things. And now I'm kind of at a point where I'm, I'm sort of in a, not a resting place exactly, just a regrouping place where I'm going, okay, now what next? But the most important thing that I'm doing now is, is focusing on myself, taking care of me, and keeping myself well-informed. So somebody might come along that actually would ask me some questions because most people are, are really still pretty blindsided. And um, But, you know, I haven't joined groups in the last few years as much as I would have used to because it's just, you know, everybody's just kind of, like Fred said, we're all working in our own way to uh, co-create together, whether or not we're in the same environment or wherever we are on that racetrack of evolution. It's all that upward moving, expanding energy of love, light, and heart, you know, like the lighthouse effect, you know, you're spreading the light, standing up there, even if you're alone on the stormy night, your light is shining. <laughs> yeah. And everyone... Yeah, everyone goes through those challenges in those dark areas, but there it's just all in your intentionality and how you manifest and move toward what you really prefer. You know, you prefer safety, you prefer health, you prefer love and abundance, and that's what we create for the whole world when we when we come when we bring those unconscious feelings and thoughts forward into our consciousness and we build on our own individual stability and, and uh, letting go and, you know, account for every single part of what we're seeing happening. You know, we're all a part of, of this great uh, reawakening of the masses. You know, it's not just counterculture anymore. <laughs> so what we did for me tonight, I'm tearing my hair out, driving myself <laughs> crazy, shortness of breath, going crazy. Well, you know, you know. got to talk tomorrow, Al. I, I have something I need you to help me with, maybe, and I know I can help you with what you're going through. So. Let me just make sure of the telephone number, 503-320-4239. Correct, yeah. Great. And I, I you're going to hear from me, gonna be yep. hearing me first thing. <laughs> okay, I'll, and, and, I'll, and I think I can I can help you, so I'd be happy to do that. It would be my pleasure. That's great. And, Thank yeah, thanks. So much. Thanks uh, for saying that, and thank you, Catherine, for coming on, and thank you, Fred, for letting me have my little um, corner of the conversation. <laughs> no, that, I, I know, I know you had to say something, uh, Dee Dee, because you've been in this. Uh, you've been like the. Uh, uh, you you see a, a landscape of of so many years going back to the '60s. Because uh, you were born in '48, and I was just 10 years old when you were born. I'm 59, so. Uh, but uh, yeah, and 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 to be inspired by what Kat's been doing, what John Bush has been doing, some of the others 
and the Ron Paul movement have been doing. But just to kind of close it out for the for the night, because we want to keep it limited to two hours, guys. Uh, we <clears throat> heard at the very beginning of this uh, call, Cat talk about the decentralization, uh, the model of, of, of completely free uh, decentralized connections, where there's no centralized control uh, that's that short-circuiting, taking, deflecting, perverting the flow and the connections of energy. And uh, it, it may sound esoteric or kind of strange or kind of wacky, but uh, the nature wants us to connect in simple, brief, childlike, friendly, positive ways. And, and, and those are, you know, without anyone in the middle, diffracting, def, def, deflecting, perverting, inverting, or taking or short-circuiting anything. I mean, it's pretty simple. And, and uh, I think the universe is filled with, with uh, intelligence, awareness, energies. Cat's talking about tapping into that, intending to visualize that. Uh, and, and the universe will come back and respond. Didi's been talking about that for the last 10 and a half years on this call. So getting back to uh, a little phrase that I used many years ago, and I, I'm learning the meaning of it more and more. Uh, my last name is Smart, and con- connected bandwidth that operates in this fashion, I call Smart Bandwidth. <laughs> you know, where there's no one in the middle, perverting, inverting, deflecting, taking, defining, controlling uh, the energy, the bandwidth, the carrying capacity uh, uh, that, that's free to operate as nature would call it, as the universal creator would call it to operate, is, is the manifestation of, of intelligence and, and a goodness conjoined with love. Basically, that's it. That's, that's, that's smart bandwidth. That's what I'm right. The world's getting smart, guys. (laughs) (laughs) We're all called to to push it forward, that's for sure. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I'm just learning more and more about this. Catherine, thank you for for being on the call so long and inspiring us with your your feedback, your your story, your your cause. Uh, Blessings to you, your family, John. Uh, Prayers to Schaefer Cox, to Bob Schultz. Ed and Elaine Brown, and, and the health of Al Jordan. Al, I hope you feel better. You. Uh, is there anyone else before we close off who would like to chime in who wanted to say something and wasn't given an opportunity real quick? Anybody? Just feel free. Star six. Don't be, don't be uh, quiet. <laughs> I know Steve is still out there. <laughs> Steve out there? Steve, you out there? <laughs> He's got to be out there. Yeah, he's, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm here, and of course uh, we can vouch. I can vouch for homeschooling because Steve Jr. We just we homeschooled him, and he went to college. So, uh, you know, and of course he does our website and all the other cool stuff he's seen. So I can vouch for the homeschooling. Oh, your son, Steve. Oh gosh, uh, what a what a talent! What a treasure he does. Your son oh, is so talented. Man. working with big corporations and, and computer graphics and just yeah amazing. we homeschooled him from I think it was the uh, eighth grade up wow beautiful well Kat uh, 
thank you for uh, providing a. I mean, this is this is quite a call. You've shared some really inspirational energies in the last two hours, uh, and the feedback and everything. Uh, if this is what you're all about, uh, we need more of this kind of energy, guys, in our world. Uh, inspired, uh, cause-driven, full of energy and, and, and the love of life. That's what Kat is, uh, is sharing with us on, on the call. And, uh, and Godspeed to your, to your kids. Man, they are going to be walking the earth with, uh, with, with the purpose and, 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 and confidence and, and with smiles on their faces, it sounds like. <laughs> we need more of that. We do. I'm so grateful that all of you have paved the way for those of us that are, you know, rising up in our 30s right now and raising young children. Um, I mean, just, you know, you were you were talking about before the Internet and, and how the movement existed um, in such a peer-to-peer, face-to-face way, and I don't know that um, we would be in a position to have created what we've created now without y'all doing the work before we were even live. So thank you, truly, genuinely, sincerely, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for doing all of that and being here and staying consistent and um, showing up every single week and beating that drum like we talked about at the beginning of the call. Y'all just haven't stopped. And, um, man, it's fun to dance to that, yeah? Yay. Well, we're happy Yay. to have you in our community. <laughs> Yeah, thank you so much. It's been a great call, and and everyone, uh, uh, let's let's take some of this uh, energy and, and this inspiration that Kat shared on the call out into the community, out into our neighborhood. Uh, I think we have a lot to be thankful for. Uh, all the changes that are happening all over the world, uh, as we mentioned, all of these these perverts, these sexual uh, abusers, they're getting exposed one after another after another. And, 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 and it's just simple awakened awareness and, and confidence is rising. People are connecting and, and, and being empowered to share the truth. And thank God it's happening. It couldn't happen to a better time. Without, the, without as Kat says, the anger and the hatred, uh, you need more of that balance, as Kat was sharing. You know, uh, the, the rebalancing of our world is necessary. That was kind of a, a central point, Kat, as I, as I felt it on the call tonight. Yeah, yeah, the balance is taking place. It's beautiful. Sounds good. All right, it's a wrap, guys. Graceful, but powerful. Who's that? Whose voice is that? Uh, This is Logan. Logan Hart. Logan, thank you for sharing. Why why don't you restate it again? Go ahead. I said the truth is graceful, yet it's powerful. It's it's, uh, impenetrable. So the anger is not necessary. It's that the message carries itself, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Graceful, powerful, humble. Yes. And, you know, there are volcanoes, and there's volcanoes in our mind and in our hearts, and they have to erupt occasionally, and I think it's just a part of the flow of nature. It doesn't have to be happening every day or be our main motivation, but we have to honor that within ourselves because... Without that mm. fight and that anger, we wouldn't have gone after some of the stuff that's changed because we weren't going to tolerate it. Excuse me, I'm losing my voice for some reason. Mm-hmm. 
it's almost like a detox, you know, it can get a little bit ugly at first before things get better and you start purifying. That's right. It's a healing crisis when you stand up and say, I'm not taking this anymore. This is wrong. This is not right. This is not what I prefer in my world. Right. And I think that that concept of resistance is something that the new age movement is is a little bit um, um, missing. Well, does that make sense? Bring it forth. (laughs) How did the world tolerate 40 years of the Clintons? sexual no. abuse and enabling of all those all those women it's just it, it's it's stunning and i'm not saying you know our current leaders are perfect but that that that's it's against that backdrop and they, they still have yet to be called to an account for that it's coming. to, to it's this coming. day yeah i think i think there's indictments out on them though but the bundy's got released today so yay <laughs> oh really? that's great. yeah that's good that's good yeah yeah. All right, guys. See you next week. Thank you, Kat. Best to you and your family. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year to you and your family down there. And good luck on the on the on the plans of getting down to Mexico. And I hope we can stay in touch and have you back on someday again. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm I'm truly grateful. It was an honor, and I I had a good time. So thank you so much for sharing your evening with me. We'll share the audio link with you, Kat, okay? Beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Stevie. A-U-N. Revolution. (laughs) Big Ted. Stevie. Go, Rob Paul.